welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 245 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week's show is all about how you can find more ease and flow and joy during this hard time while we are all faced with a pandemic. Mallory Weisong is joining me and and in this brand new episode, we are sharing ideas of how you can find more joy during this time and how we can take inspiration from some of our past guests like Dr. Ezzy Spencer and Suzanne Colon and some new research that we found, Rob Bell and David Kessler about growth and grief. And it's a conversation that spans so many interesting topics. So I can't wait to get to the show. Before we get to that conversation, I first want to wish you a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in to Jumpstart Your Joy. I feel so much gratitude to get to be a part of your day. If you feel like some of the information here might be helpful to a friend or a family member, and maybe they need a little spark of joy in their life today, would you do me the favor and share this episode with them? You can send them to jumpstartyourjoy.com or you can send them directly to jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 245. And then they can listen along as well. Because there's a lot of ideas in this episode about how you can better cope with what's going on in today's world. If you're new to the show, if you want to find out more about the show or about myself, you can head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And there you'll find 244 past episodes that you can tune into for lots of ideas about joy. In the past month, we've had so many great guests. If you haven't caught those episodes yet, you don't want to miss Tiffany Hahn. She was on again for a brand new episode about how to be a truth teller, hand raiser, and yes sayer. I also was joined by Fred LeBlanc of the band Cowboy Mouth, and he was talking about how to create your own joy from the inside out. And Tara McMullen of What Works Podcast talked about how to pivot your business as a leader and such a timely conversation. So I really hope you'll join in. The other big exciting thing that's going on here at the Jumpstart Your Joy headquarters <laughs> is that I've launched a brand new website that represents the business side of what I do, which is over at joyandpodcasting.com. It is a full service podcasting agency where we handle every aspect of your podcast and there is room for more clients. If you have a show and you're looking for someone to take on the day-to-day pieces, we'd love to help you. And as a celebration for launching that site, I'm right now running the free five-day plan your podcast challenge. And it's so much fun. We go through the basics of what you need to know about podcasting and you'll leave with a mission statement so you'll really know where you're headed. Then starting directly after that, I'm running my boot camp, which is Jumpstart Your Podcast, which started in 2016. And I'm really excited this time around. It's been overhauled. It's going to be a mix of live teaching and a self-paced component so that you can work through the materials. And then you also have the support of getting on a live call with me to talk through any of the questions that you might have. And I'll also walk through some of the curriculum as well. 
It's going to be really fun. And it's about eight to 10 weeks, and then you'll have a podcast of your very own. You can find more about that if you would like, along with some of the special pricing that I have put in place. Since I know many people are facing financial hardship right now, there's a pay what works method available over at Jumpstart Your Podcast dot com right now. So that's everything you need to know. <laughs> Let's jump into the show with Mallory Wysong. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, Mallory. Thanks, Paula. I'm so happy to be back again. We're really going to look at some ideas that we've been playing with and how do we get into a place of energy and flow, especially when times are kind of hard and confusing and maybe draining. At least that's what I'm feeling. One of the mm. things that we recently have been really excited about is something that was inspired by the amazing Dr. Ezie Spencer and her book, Lunar Abundance. And in this, she introduces this idea of energy and flow, but in a new way that I'd really never thought of, but that I think works really well, which is as shown to us by the moon and the way all things in nature work is that there are distinct times of being and doing or ebb and flow or waxing and waning cycles of the moon um, or yin and yang, whatever you want to call it, but that there are these times where we probably are more naturally drawn to being, meaning we're doing something more restful, we're kind of being maybe more introverted, we're taking the time we need to recharge batteries. And that then there's also these times of doing, which are more action-filled, maybe you're more focused, you can, you feel like you can get more done. And when you layer that over the month, there are a set of days that you're probably more likely to feel like doing things and a set of days where you're more likely to feel like I need to rest and kind of save up my energy. And the thing that we noticed about this that I think was super interesting is, is this, you know, are we seeing this pandemic and the things that are coming out of this as an invitation to also see that there's maybe a, you know, another level of waxing and waning at a cosmic level, mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Big>. know, <laughs> yeah, that's big. And that we're being invited into a phase that is more in many ways of being, you know, we're at home, we are slowing down, the world is reclaiming some of the damage that we have done to it as a species. You know, mm-hmm. like it's really like in, I don't even know if it would be an inhale. I guess it is like, how do we recapture some of the energy that is here in, on the planet and, and how do we just rest and be? And I feel like this is a really interesting space to be in. Definitely. And what we had started to notice is that, like the word productivity, we were a little more productive during those periods of uh, flow and action. And then there's the time for rest. And so, yeah, maybe we're all being called to, to leave that productive mindset behind for a bit. I'm sure all of us have noticed that the pacing of go, go, go is exhausting. And it just feels like, you know, this really is a time where you could say, okay, I'm going to do things differently. Or that we're kind of almost forced to be doing something differently, which is a unique space for all of us. Even on the capitalistic rise of things that as a nation, we've always been in that space where we want to go and do and be and grow all the time. That's what's been valued, I think, in the recent past, at least. The value was on productivity and capitalism for sure. Like your income is, is how you measure your worth. Yeah. So I feel like we are shifting and also, I guess right now in this time of ebb and flow, if this is really an ebb, we're all feeling pretty uncomfortable 
because of how quickly our lives have changed. Mm -hmm. And you and I both actually found the same article on the same day, which was interesting, (laughs) from Harvard Business Review. And it's called That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. And I think we both kind of had an aha moment around that as well. Mm -hmm. And when we shared this originally, that was also echoed back to the participant from the participants that like, wow, you're the first people to actually say grief. There's a name for what we're feeling. And in this article, they basically interview David Kessler, who's an expert on grief. He's written a few books. And, you know, while we're all coping with the loss of life that is coming with this, there's also the loss of the way of life that we're used to. And so this article says that it's very important to acknowledge that feeling and and to manage it. And one of the ways you can manage it is with connection as well. But it's very appropriate that grief is coming up, especially because, again, you revisited your conversation with Julia Samuel, and it was about grief. The thing that comes up too when I read that Harvard Business Review article, which we'll also link up to, is this idea of grief that I think is at the heart of what many of us are going through, and it's probably also what's spurring a lot of the the panic or whatever. Is like this becomes an emotion that we are not comfortable with, and that we don't have a lot of modern context for. Most of the grief that we express is usually around bereavement or or the death and loss of someone, which is profound. I think one of the things, especially looking at that Julia Samuel discussion and the big takeaway I have from what she was saying, well, there's a couple, but is that we don't really know how to grieve and that it feels so foreign and weird that we're often worried that we're going to do it wrong or that we won't get it right, which I think is really hard because in her experience with it, and we'll link to that episode as well, there's no right way to grieve. And any emotion or feeling that you have around it is fine. Any way that you care to act during a time of grieving or bereavement is fine. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that part of the discomfort that comes up is feeling like you're doing it wrong or that someone else is judging you for your reaction in a difficult time, which is so hard because I I think we're drawn to show each other grace during this kind of a time because it is so unprecedented and so strange. Definitely. And yeah, that whole idea that someone might be watching you grieve and judging the way you do it, that really hits home for me too. So yeah, it's good to remember that There is absolutely no wrong way and everything that you feel is absolutely your experience and you are allowed to have that experience. (laughs) So true. And letting go because this is new territory for everyone. Like no one knows how to do this. So there's certainly no right or wrong way to do it. And Mm -hmm. let yourself, like you said, allow yourself to be there. The thing that comes up as I think about this, and David Kessler mentioned it too, is that the example we have is around death. And so some of the interesting work around grieving is then around the dying process. So if you want to go back and look, there's several really great past episodes with people who have experience in this field. Sharon Prentice wrote about it. And the takeaway is that grief is really just another state of being, right? Like we move through all sorts of different states, whether that be, you know, contentment or happiness or grief. It's another thing that we will all move through at some point. Yes. And she also talks about a shared death experience that she had with her husband, which is also super interesting, especially in those like different states that we all move through. And I, I recommend that one. And then Debbie Augenthaler also talks about 
grief as a process being something where you're not alone in grief. We all have interconnectedness and whether or not we can completely understand the depth or the the way that someone else grieves, we can all relate to it. And so I think the ways that we can find to be better connected or more connected or lean into the people that you know and love and have around you, that's a really important thing to do right now for yourself and for them because it's important to remember that you're not alone because fear, as we have said before, <laughs> fear is a liar and it will tell you that you're the only one having yes. this kind of reaction and where you can say thank you so much fear for introducing that idea. I'm going to lovingly go do something else and not believe what you're telling me. I think that's a really important way to work through grief. Absolutely. And I think another reason that it's it's important that you and I are having this conversation is also to let people know you're not alone. Like that that is definitely grief that you're feeling mm-hmm. and you're not alone. We at least are feeling it as well. Yeah. And then just kind of, oh the connectedness that's so beautiful because that is how or one of the ways that I like to deal with the difficult emotions is to remember that we're all connected. And I love thinking about the trees that have networks of roots underground. Mm-hmm. They've done research and they've shown that trees can communicate for miles through this connection. Their roots are all intertwined under the ground. And Rob Bell recently told about new research that says that trees can actually send out messages when they're in need of something. If there's a nutrient that's missing, they can send out a distress signal and that actually can allow them to get what they need, the other trees will send back what is needed. So it allows them to send out a signal and then also receive what they need. And I was just thinking about how that's what's happening right now. We're all feeling this collective grief and anxiety and heaviness. And if we can just spend a little time sending like love and calm back into that network, maybe we'll all kind of start to see some changes. And grounding is just really important in general, I think, especially yeah. in these times. And Paula does amazing visualizations and meditations. And so she <laughs> actually did one about trees and roots. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was, I love that you brought it up. And when we were talking about how to approach energy and flow, you you brought up this thing that Rob Bell talked about. And we'll link up to um, an article from the BBC about it. Because it really, I mean, it really is so beautiful that they are so literally connected under the earth and under the ground. And that was, uh, gave me goosebumps for sure to think about it. And then on our call, we did a visualization. So you'll find the link to that in the show notes. We're going to release it separately just so in case you want to go back to it. Uh, you don't have to <laughs> scrub through the whole show <laughs> just to find the part that you want. But I was really inspired by it and really just felt like there was almost like a channeling of this idea for this this visualization of a way that you can connect through to other people, visualizing yourself similar to the trees. Like how are we all interconnected and how can we use the energy that's in the connections and the network that we already have to reach out and both share the positive and also if you need something, it's okay to ask for it. I mean, I think... Isn't that part of the message of of the trees? If they're sending out a message like "I need more whatever mm-hmm. mineral" they're asking or for help, yeah, they yeah. ask for what they need. 
And I think there's something really beautiful about that because it just shows that it's part of nature as well. I mean, it kind of also ties into the Ezzy Spencer part. It's like, how is nature modeling what it is that we could definitely take to heart and use right now for ourselves? Like there's there's no judgment when a tree is like, hey, I, I need more water. Yes. Just part of the things yeah. that the world does. I would highly recommend giving yourself a moment to to ground and listen to this visualization because I do something very similar to that every day, if not more than once a day, when I just feel like it's all too much or it's not my energy that I'm feeling. I'm feeling like more of a collective energy. It's such a great way to come back to the present moment and check in with yourself. So yeah, I highly recommend go check out the show notes and and do this meditation. It's beautiful. Thank you. And I, I think even if that's not the meditation visualization that you're drawn to, to maybe try out something in the realm of meditation. I had a, a client call, one of my coaching clients. She was like, I really want to do meditation, but I just can't see myself sitting there, you know, in silence right now. And I would also recommend, and this is what I told her, was on Insight Timer, there's a lot of really great meditations and many of them are guided. And so there's Sarah Blondin. I'll link up to her in the show notes. She has a beautiful way about her and, and a nice cadence. And she walks you through a visualization and a state of being and brings up really gentle questions about things that if you're not, I mean, I <laughs> most of meditation isn't just sitting in silence, but if that seems like too much, that's totally reasonable. And many people are that same way. So I would recommend go try out Insight Timer, specifically look up Sarah Blondin and you can look up me as well. But we'll put both those in the show notes too. It's kind of like a resource for you if that feels like it's just, yeah. And along with the roots visualization, if you're drawn to that as well. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point that maybe meditation isn't for everyone, but you know what works for you. You have your tools there are things that you come back to, I'm sure. And if you want to I'll talk about a few examples, one of the ones that works for me, if I'm just not feeling into it, I just recite the serenity prayer. Mm. And I think that's another great reminder that we are not necessarily in control of the external, but we can control how we react to it. And in case you need to refamiliarize yourself, I'll just repeat it right here. And it's, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's such a beautiful prayer. And, you know, whether you uh, (laughs) are a person that would talk about the creation or the creator or the -hmm. divinity as God or not, I I think the, the heart of that prayer is so helpful. And I know it came up a lot of times back when I led retreats. And it's funny when we were talking about this and and doing the workshop together, it really reminded me too of the prayer of St. Francis, which, so the, the retreat work that I used to do was uh, with a Franciscan retreat center here in Northern California, shout out to San Damiano and Danville. And I mean, so St. Francis didn't really write this prayer, but it does embody the theology of of St. Francis, which It's really so welcoming and wonderful if you want to look into it. But the thing that I really love about this prayer, and I'll I'll just revisit it a little bit, but it's this idea kind of similar to the quote that I believe is by Gandhi, but which is like, you know, be the change that you seek in the world. And so the idea of Francis is, and it also uses, you know, God (laughs) 
terminology, but <laughs> make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. And it goes on like this, like wherever there is the injustice, let me be the thing that would be the solution or the balm or the the other way of doing it. And of course, there is the where there is sadness, let me bring joy. And mm-hmm. so I feel like this is, if and we'll link up to a, co- a version of it in the show notes, I think just contemplating this from time to time, like sometimes I'm silently saying this prayer to myself of, mm-hmm. you know, how can I be of service in this space, mm-hmm. no matter whatever it is that I'm up against? And, and I think that's a really interesting way, you know, it just means choosing to be in flow more than being in resistance. When you see everyone around you doing one thing, it's mm-hmm. kind of your, your check-in of like, wait, is that the way I want to be going? Or is there something else here? So it, it's, it's being in flow with yourself and with spirit, not necessarily with like the outer world and what's going on externally. Such a good reminder that we're in choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really is. And also like, yeah. So we can link up to that too. And I have a very favorite sung version of it. So it's not Sarah McLaughlin. (laughs) It's it's Cecilia. And it's just, it's uh, yeah, really beautiful. So it's beautiful. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I loved it. Oh yeah. Thank you. I mean, it came from Dr. Wayne Dyer. (laughs) When I saw him live in person, at one point, it reminds me of the things of what's really important in this moment. And that might be the question that comes through in kind of in both of those. It's like, what's important here? How can I react in a way that matters and like helps instead of just getting caught up in my my own ego about what it is that I could get offended by? <laughs> it takes you off of like autopilot too. It's that check-in that again, coming back to the the Harvard business article about acknowledging the grief. This can be your your chance to just kind of acknowledge what you're actually feeling and what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And isn't that interesting? I mean, not to push the silver lining because I'm not really, I don't feel like we're ready for that piece yet here yeah. about this whole thing. But like, I think there is a Byron Katie side to this where it's like, where is this an invitation to dive a little deeper to do the work? And mm-hmm. if there's discomfort around it, or about the changes we're having to make, where is it that we can dig a little deeper and look and see, okay, what becomes possible if I look at this in a different way? Or what becomes possible if I just try this out? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, in my case, I'll build a fake cubicle in my kitchen so I actually have some <laughs> privacy to do <laughs> podcasting. Like, where is it that I can make a positive difference and feel like it's easier for me just to be in this space and time that I have right now. Mm -hmm. And also, where can you let go of things? Mm -hmm. I think that's another, it's like, what's important? You can also let go of the things that are not important. And right now, I think we're all, I think you even said this earlier, we're all kind of realizing what's really important. That's that's kind of the gift of this as well. Mm -hmm. Some other practices to try on, because I know we've kind of listed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But I know we had some interesting ideas. And one of the first ones that we brought up and that was such an interesting thing to find was there's been a lot of astronauts (laughs) that have come forth talking about isolation. And I I think that's really beautiful because, of course, 
who knows isolation better than someone that's been on the space station or in outer space. And one of the ones that I really loved was this idea that if you're feeling kind of trapped or your mind is spinning and, and you're wishing for something to be different right now, one of her suggestions was, what can you find right now that you love in this time, in the current present moment, or our present situation that you won't ever have again. I think she mentioned she'll she's not going to have, you know, out the window this view of the earth again. I mean, unless she goes back to space, but that's something she can wake up and see and enjoy and take joy in is mm-hmm. this view. Her thinking here is that like the philosophy or the opportunity that you can find right now will it shifts your mind from going to that place of wishing that this would be over and seeing what is beautiful and amazing in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so, I like mean, instead of focusing on when is the date that we're all going to be able to go back to normal, I think she also mentioned an example of like being able to have your kid with you while you're working or something. Like there mm-hmm. this is rare. We don't under we don't realize I think how rare this is right now. And for sure like one of the views out my own window I may have to post this on social media, is the artichoke plant is easily six feet tall. Now, and I don't know how that's specific to this, this situation, but like taking joy in that and being able to go get an artichoke when I want or mm-hmm. like fixing up. We have two little fairy gardens that I can see in my son and I can play with that. Like oh, when fun. else will there be the time for both any of those things? Yeah. An exactly. afternoon walk with family or whatever. Yes, I know. That's I've loved having my husband home because he usually commutes. And it's so great. We've actually been eating dinner earlier because mm-hmm. he doesn't have to deal with commuting. He just closes down his computer and he's done with work. So that's kind of one of my moments of joy that I take right now is early dinner. <laughs> Another thing to do is just acknowledge your feelings. So maybe it is grief. We've talked about that. There can be any other feelings that you're feeling, but giving yourself the space to actually acknowledge them, feel them, allow them to pass through you. This is all temporary and just like uncomfortable feelings. If you allow them to move through you instead of trying to suppress them or pretend that they don't exist, it's going to make it more challenging. So allow yourself to feel the feelings and then breathing, checking in with your breath, doing the grounding that we talked about any time during the day, taking just three deep breaths and feeling the the stress fall away is such a, a good thing you can do during these stressful times. Totally agree. Another one that came up for me from a a past guest, I think this was all season three, but Suzanne Colon, who is a yoga practitioner, she talks about how to bring the ideas of yoga into your life without necessarily the practice of it. And one of the things that has stayed with me from our interview is this idea of pockets of Santosha. And Santosha is like connection and joy kind of mixed together. And uh, I might have that wrong, but that's how I'm interpreting it from our conversation. And the idea is like really locking in when you feel a moment of like kind of delight or you notice something amazing or you can soak into the contentment of a moment is like notice that and just like let yourself feel it. It kind of is noticing where the little pockets of joy pop up. Because I think in our doing mentality, it's so hard to shift, you know, into being, but it's a great 
time to practice it because you're probably noticing the proverbial artichoke plant in your yard, whatever it is during the day. And you could like notice it and be like, oh, that really is good. Whatever it is, like the hug from your kid or the snuggle with your dog or like it's an invitation to take note of those little joys. And we'll link up to that whole conversation mm-hmm. if you want to check it out as well. Another one is visualizing your connections. Again, we'll also link up to that visualization. But I mean, you could just think about it right now of like, who are you connected to? And and send them a shot of love, you know, just mentally or energetically. And knowing even that you have that many connections in the world, even just like go through your friend list on Facebook or something, you know, like, how do you know those people? You could send them a note, but you can also just think about the connections that you have. Another one that I love and that's kind of become a default mode for me many times is we talk sometimes about the gap moment. It's a mindfulness thing of in between when you get the input of something and when you react is the gap moment. And so if you can catch yourself right there, more easily said than done, (laughs) but if you can catch yourself having the input of like somebody says something and then you're going to react is ask yourself, is this way that I'm about to react coming from a place of love or a place of fear? And that could be, I mean, it could also be in the proverbial TP purchase moment. Are you buying that from a place of love? Yeah, we need it. We're out or a place, a place of fear. I don't, you know, it looks like everyone else is buying it. So I'm going to buy it. And I think when you check in and can identify that you're coming from a place of love with the action or the words or whatever you're doing, it is further aligned with who you are and what you need. And it always feels better. I mean, that's like a place of connection. And the last one we talked about was if you're looking for ways to connect into joy, whenever there is a guest and I'm doing an interview, my first question to them is always, what were your earliest sparks of joy? What brought you joy as a child? And there's a reason for this question. Mm -hmm. One, what an icebreaker. People love to talk about it. But two, almost always the joy that they found as a little kid is is very similar still to the joy that they find in as, a, as an adult. And almost everybody brings up one of these five. Somehow taking a walk or being in nature, reading, doing some sort of creative activity like crafting, being with animals, or playing a game of some sort. And <laughs> the thing that strikes me is all five of those, I mean, unless you don't have a pet, all five of those are very available to us all right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we could do something with each of them or try them on and, and kind of find what I like to call as the, the current version of whatever it was that brought you joy as a kid. So, you know, there's plenty of free reading sites. You, I have found a limitless amount of craft projects <laughs> I could do at home with the things already here. So I think those those are some really solid things if you're feeling stuck or like you don't know what to do next, jump to one of those and see what happens. I hope this has been a helpful discussion around, you know, flow and energy and how you can, well, I guess why maybe it feels hard right now because it is hard Mm -hmm. and how to get back into it or a version of it for yourself. If you're like, yeah, this is just, this feels like too much. And where do I go from here? Everyone's talking about overwhelm and this is such a great place to just 
let go of the overwhelm. I remember when we studied that (laughs) coach training, like it's very true that if you focus on overwhelm, it becomes a thing. Like It it takes root, if you will, in a different way. Yeah. I know there's something I've heard in my adventures in extreme sports is look where you want to go. And so if you're focusing on the overwhelm or the the just all the bad, hard things about this time, that's what you're going to notice. And so I just love that this whole thing is an invitation to notice the, the pockets of Santosha. I'm just taking that one with me. It's so great. I love that one too. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for being on, Mallory. I feel like this is, it's fun to talk about all this and I really appreciate your your insight and your care with it. Oh, thank you, Paula. I love how connected we are and that we have a very, very similar way of thinking about all of this. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website, and you'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.